you, Lord, on this morning for your presence, the power of your presence, the Shekinah glory <laughs> that you have reigned in this place since early this morning, even from the time that we came in and set up that you just met us here and we knew it as soon as we walked through the door. And we thank you for it, Lord God, because it is life-changing. It gives us what we need to continue to run this race on this journey called life, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are letting us know and reassuring us and giving us the assurance of your presence with us. That you are giving us the assurance of even the song that we sung, Emmanuel, that God is with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, O oh God. And right now, Lord God, speak to our hearts. Encourage us with and by your truth. Let the enemy and every man be a lie, Lord God. But let your word stand up as truth in our hearts, Lord God. That it changes us. That it rearranges us, O oh God. In such a way that we will never be the same, O oh Lord. This is our prayer, Father God, as you speak to us, Lord God. Let us not deny your truth. Let us not reject your truth. Let us not ignore it. But Lord, let it take up residence in us in, in the way that you are sending it, Father God. What you want and what you mean by your word, let it come forth. In such a powerful way, Lord God, that it touches us, that it reaches the depths of our hearts on this morning. It's in Jesus' name and all that's in agreement to receive God's word like that. Let us say amen, amen, and amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If you will, turn your Bibles with me to, to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. This is St. John chapter 9. And uh, on this morning, uh, just as everybody's getting there, again, just want to thank God for all that he's done as the enemy has tried to stifle our praise and worship. And God rose us way high above that, you know, uh, in there. And even for those that uh, was able to give the words of encouragement, and, and, and to testify of God's goodness, you know, thank each and every one of you because it takes being led by the Spirit first and foremost, and then it takes courage uh, with that to, to be able to stand before the people and, and proclaim what thus saith the Lord or what God is urging you to do. My friends, I know whether you know that I know. And I only know by the spirit that every one of us have something that we're dealing with in our lives. Some of it, some of us, it may be what we can consider bigger than others. Um, and some of us, we may even at this day or at this point, because of all of the stuff we've been through, you know, today may be appear to be a good day, you know, in there. Uh, no matter what category you fit in, just know this, that the Spirit of God is here and he wants to help you. He wants to help us because as well as things may be today, then if Lord's willing, if we wake up tomorrow, if he wakes us up on tomorrow, then there is something that tomorrow holds. Because there's an enemy that is trying to destroy the works of the kingdom. And this is not personal to you. Even though it comes against us and it may feel personal. The truth of the matter is, is the enemy is set forth to destroy the works of the kingdom. And because you are of the kingdom, then believe me today, my friends, then that makes you more than fair game. As a matter of fact, it makes you the game. Come on, somebody. Y'all don't even hear what I'm saying in this place. 
And, and, and God is saying that I need you to know that in there. But see, what he wants us to know and what he wants to show today is the, that there is, the, he wants us to know it, but it's not for fear purposes, Tony. It's for honor purposes, for us to know what fight we in. See, because when you fight in the wrong fight, then you lose the fight. When you bring the wrong weapons to the, 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 the fight, then, uh, then you at a disadvantage, my friends. So God is wanting us to know what time it is. Somebody say, Do, know what time it is. Yes, 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 yes. It ain't nothing like knowing what time it is. Or it ain't nothing like not knowing what time it is. Hallelujah. So today he wants to speak to us a word of encouragement that is just very plain, simple, but true. And these are the words that Jesus himself came to understand or recognize and actually even proclaim to his apostles at that time and even to us today the importance of him being here. See, Jesus knew when God sent him here that he came here for a reason, my friends, in there. And in him recognizing the reason, see, in, in him knowing what time it is, then he was able to go on that journey and fight the right fight. Paul later refers to it as the good fight in there, glory be to God. But Jesus understood what he was here for. The question today that God wants to ask each and every one of us is, do we know what we are yet still here for? See, Jesus knew what he was here for. In John chapter 9, our text verse is, is verse 4. And if we have to label or title the message today is, work while it's still day. See, because this is what Jesus said to his followers as he had just been under circumstances in a situation where they, uh, he was in the synagogues and, and he had been ministering and they wanted to lay hands on him in chapter 8 in there. And, 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 uh, but instead, he was able to just pass by or pass through. And in him passing through, uh, Jesus seen a blind man. And the blind man, you know, the, and the apostles began to inquire of him uh, to Jesus who sinned? Was it the, the parents of this blind man that sinned that caused him to be born blind? Or was it the man or the, himself? And Jesus said in verse 3, neither this man nor his parents have sinned, but the works of God should be revealed in him. And this is, and then look at verse 4, because this is what we came here for. Jesus shared with them. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. The night is coming when no one can work. I'm going to say that again. See, because in the original uh, language and in the original text, uh, the, instead of in, starting out in verse 4, where instead of the word I there, it's actually we. We must work the works of him who sent us or who sent him, meaning Jesus. We must work the works and we must take this personal. Do you know that you must work the works of him who sent Jesus while it's still day? Because the night is coming where no man or no one can work. This is a real important message because the first thing that we must need to understand is what work is he talking about? If you flip your Bible back a couple pages to John chapter 6, in verse 28 and 29, that question of what works was the same question that the Jews had asked of Christ himself. That we certainly need to be privy up to if the Jews had inquired of what the works of the kingdom was then surely we as born again believers come on somebody we must need to know for sure and clearly what is the works that I am left here for 
What is the works that Jesus is talking about that we must work the works of God while it's still day? Uh, the question that I have along with that is, are you even working? Are you employed today? And I ain't talking about uh, uh, at some company or, 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 or you being self-employed. I'm talking about spiritually. Are you spiritually employed? Because for each and every one of us that is here, that is uh, left here, if you are a child of God, then you need to have a job. You ought, uh, I'm going to tell you like my mama told me, you ought to be working, boy. You see, we ought to be working. And so we need to know what that work is. Look at uh, verse 28 of John 6. It says this. Then Jesus said to him, excuse me, and then they said to him, meaning they said to Jesus, this is the Jews speaking to Jesus. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? See, and that's a question that each and every one of if the Jews ask that question. Have you, I'm serious, have you personally asked or inquired of that question? What is the works? What shall we do that we may work the works of God? That ought to be the heart set for each and every one of us as believers. I just want to pause here before we go any further because the thing about it is, is what God is speaking to is real time to the church, my friends. And it's a real reason why he's speaking this message to the church. And I ain't just talking about the true love of those here today. I'm talking about to the body of Christ because it's been far too long that the, for the church in this church age that we have not even came close to an understanding of our, uh, the works that we ought to be working, first and foremost, we haven't even truly understood why we are still here. We live, uh, the, the church, the body of Christ is living for something far different than the church started out living for. See, because truly when the, when, on the day of Pentecost and when the church was first birthed, these people understood that very clearly. And somehow, in some way, in some place along the way, we have gotten so far from that. Even to the point that uh, to be a part of the church or to be a child of God, then we, we take the scripture and we use uh, scripture out of context, by the way, to, but to build us up uh, in, you know, in such a way to, you know, that we speak to ourselves that I'm the head and not the tail, that I'm, the, the, I'm uh, over and, and not beneath. All of these things, well, the word of God says that, but we speak it to ourselves. And, and it's all it's doing is luring us from the works of of God. Because then what has happened over all of these years, we, so it, it brings us to this place that we are led to believe that, you know, uh, more than the works, working the works of God, that the works of God is about building myself up. It's about what title even that I can have in the church building more than what God want, can do and wants to do through my life. So I just wanted to take a time out so we can really truly understand what God is speaking to here today, my friends. Remember what we prayed about. See, don't, uh, please, even in this moment right now, that was the prayers that we don't hear what God is saying and, and, and deny it or shove it to the side. Oh, that's not me. No, we got to recognize who we are. And what's going on? And it may not be you totally personally, but you've been affected by it because you are part of the church. We are a part of that church that, that, that is representing that whole dynamic right now. So whether you personally responsible for it, it's only one team. God only sees the church, the body of Christ as one. He's only coming back for one church. He's only coming back for one body, my friend. And the one that he, he, he said he's sending his son back for is the one that was, is without spot or wrinkle. So it's only one. So let us understand this, and I only say that so we can really embrace what is truth. Because until each and every one of us individually begins to take this truth, then that's where the change can come forth. 
Come on, somebody in the body of Christ. So just as the Jews asked the question of Jesus, what must we do to work the works of, king, of the kingdom? Look at Jesus' response in verse 29. And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom God has sent. Very simple. Remember, I told you it was going to be simple. So the works, oh, wait a minute. So the work is to believe in him who God has sent. Yes, that's it. And, and see, and once you believe in the one whom God has sent, that's Jesus Christ. Because remember, he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father except through me. See, and, and we live in a world that uh, not right now that is vital, as simple as that is, it's very vital that we believe in the one whom God has sent because there are so many uh, other doctrines that will lead you to believe that there's multiple ways to get to God other than Jesus. So first and foremost, that's very important, my friends. But the second thing as it pertains to the work is that when you believe in the one whom God has sent, then God will use you. Then the work really begins because now that you believe, then that's the, that's the first thing. That, that even, that's what gets you uh, on the time clock. That's what gets you uh, on the books. That's what gets you employed is that you have to believe on the one whom God has sent. But now that you are a worker, now that you are employed, now we can begin to do the work. And what is that? Is that God can use your life for the very same thing that someone else may come to know him through the one whom he has sent. Very, very simple and very plain, my friend. But the issue is, is that while we believe in the one who he sent, we're not letting him use us like he wants to use us to do the same. Go to John chapter uh, 14. We're going to look at, uh, we still in the same book of John. Matter of fact, I ain't even going to have you go too far. John chapter 14. Because the first thing is for us to, yes, recognize the work. And the work is that we believe on the name of whom God has sent. And then in doing so, that God can use us. It was the plan of God all along to use each and every one of us as we, one came into the sheepfold, that he would turn around and use that one, that another one could come in. Jesus made this very plain and very clear in John chapter 14. And if you understand, let me just give you some insight to, to John chapter 14, because we, right before John chapter 14 is John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, this is a place where Jesus had closed or stopped his earthly ministry, and he, was a, uh, he turned his ministry towards his inner circle. What am I saying? This was uh, John chapter 13 represents the time that... I'll say it in a way that we all can understand. It represents what we know as the Last Supper. It's that day that Jesus uh, was arrested. He was arrested on that evening, but the, at the beginning of the day, in John chapter 13, it says when Jesus knew that his time had come, it was at the time of the Passover that it was his time to leave this earth. So in other words, he knew that, what, that he had that he was about to get arrested, that he was going to uh, get uh, crucified on that cross, that he was going to get buried in the tomb, and that God was going to raise him from the dead. Glory be to God. He knew what time it was. He, see, and this is what, what, what it's all about because he knew what he had came here for. He knew the work that he had came here to do, my friends. And in doing that, in John chapter 14, when he knew that, he began to, uh, to speak many things to his inner circle. He didn't preach the gospel out to the public no more. When he knew that it was time for him to go, he did not begin, he didn't go out preaching his last sermon. He began to share with his inner circle the most intimate in details that was most important to him. It's something like this, and some of you heard me say this before, that if, you, if God uh, 
hypothetically spoke to you and said that you are going to be out of here in 48 hours. I won't even say 24 hours. In 48 hours. And not just out of here where you don't know where you're going. No, but he says, no, Willie, I'm going to bring you home. You coming home to me in 48 hours, and that's all the time that you got. The question is, what would you be doing with that last 48 hours? Would you finally go out and start preaching the gospel to everybody that you know? Or would you really be taking that time to uh, begin to share and spend that time with your, those that was of your family that was closest to you? Maybe for me, I, I, I would be telling my wife this about the business, where this is, where my life insurance, policy, all of the stuff, just setting things in order. Making sure. And it wouldn't be out, I wouldn't be out you know, standing before you uh, preaching in this pulpit. Y'all wouldn't see me no more. And it wouldn't be because I'm scared because I know where I'm going, but I would be setting everything in order with the ones that's closest to me, my loved ones, amen, in there. So in essence, you know, while I may be doing that, you might be doing something that's a little bit different, but the truth of the matter, Tony, is that each and every one of us would be doing the same thing. And that same thing, meaning not the, doing the exact same thing, but what we, how it would be the same is that we all would, would be doing what is most important to us. And I'm telling you here, my friends, as Jesus began to speak to them in John 13, 14, 15, 16, he began to share with his, most, his inner circle what was most important to him. And one of the things that he spoke, we find it in John 14, 12, as he spoke many things. This is also the same chapter where he tells, tells them that he is the, the, uh, the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father except through him. This is where he told them over and over again that he must go away, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit could come. And, and he would take his place and he would lead and guide them. He would be with them. But look at verse 12. He says this. And this spoke to them and it speaks to us even today. In verse 12 of John 14, he says, most assuredly. Remember what we're talking about. This is Jesus speaking, knowing that he was about to be, uh, be uh, leaving here. So in other words, he's sharing with them what's most important to him. And he's telling them, look at this. He says, most assuredly, I say to you. He who believes in me, okay, you know who that is, right? That's you and me. That's the same thing. That's the works of the kingdom. He who believes in me, what is the work of the kingdom? The work of the kingdom is that we believe in the one whom God has sent. He's talking here. He says this, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these. And greater works than these. Greater in the sense, not that uh, we was going to do something bigger or, or better. We wasn't going to down the cross twice and get raised from the dead twice. But greater means that we would continue the work that Jesus had came and laid the foundation, has started, glory be to God, and has set in place. Can you see the picture, my friends? See, this now begins to paint a clear picture for each and every one of us. That as believers, there is only one purpose to you being here today, my friend. I'm talking about on this earth. If you are a believer, it's for greater works. It's for God to use your life that somebody else can come to know him. That they can uh, begin to, be, uh, to inquire the same thing. What is the works that I must do? And see, many of us, we've made our career and our job the most important work that we do. My friends, that's not the work. Yeah, that's the job. And, and, and yes, you got to do it. Jesus was a carpenter. He did it. But that wasn't the work that he was, uh, that he came here to do, my friends. And that's not the work that you have been left here to do. I haven't been left here to do some insurance policies. That's my job and that's what I do. But that's not the reason why I'm left here, my friends. 
I am left here to do the work of the kingdom, my friends. And that is to, that somebody else can come to know Jesus. And that's for each and every one of us. This is good news, my friends, because the bottom line and ultimately where each and every one of us, and I'm just going to jump to it quick because it's urgent. Because the thing about it is the word of God tells us that only what we do for Christ is going to last. See, we're talking about what is going to last into eternity, my friends. There's many things that we do in the earth. I hear people talking about legacies and what kind of legacy they want to leave. There ain't no legacy that's going to last past this, uh, this earth. There's no legacy that you can lay that's going to last past this earth. The only legacy that's going to last past this earth is you didn't lay it. Jesus did, but you can be a part of it by joining it. By the greater works. The greater works, my friends. And, and, and God is wanting to speak to our hearts today, my friends, because this has to be a dire burning desire. And each and every one of us, it has to be the biggest desire that we have. It can no longer be the biggest de desire for me to acquire this or, or get this and, or, or achieve this. The biggest desire and the one that we, I'm living for, and we, the one that we have to burn and yearn for, is the work of the kingdom. To do the works of God. That he's made very clear. This has to be a burning desire for us, my friends. It's been far too long that we put every so much in front of that. <laughs> and not that even the things or some of the things that we put in front of that are not good things. I'm not talking that. No, I ain't saying that they're bad things. For most of us, we, don't, we ain't putting bad things in front of it. They are good things. But they're not God things. There's a difference between a good thing and a God thing. See, a good thing is just that. It's a good thing. And it, and it can be a right thing to do. But a God thing is one that is spiritually led. See, this is why the, the spirit of God and knowing it and being able to be sensitive enough to follow it it's so, so important, my friends. There ain't no value uh, that we can put on that. And we must not devalue it any longer, my friends. Because if we understand what the real picture is, is that the, Jesus is coming, my friends. That God is sending his son to retrieve or to get his bride. He's coming. And the thing about it is, is that how, when he comes, how are, where are we going to be at? You know, are we going to have, we are, you know, are we going to have been done the things that God is required of you and me? Or are we going to have been distracted in doing the things that God has required of you and me. Yeah, because there's real things that happen in our lives, my friends, so there ain't no time, no joke about that. But even the real issues of life are not to be put before that which is the work that you have been left here for. Matter of fact, many of our, the, the, the conditions or the cares of life is only because of what you've been left here before. This is what Jesus, this is what they, he, we've been, he's been teaching us over the last couple of weeks. That anyone who, who desires to live godly will suffer persecution. This is what he was saying to us on Thursday night and Wednesday night in the, in, 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 on prayer line and in, in the Bible study. That, uh, that the fact of the matter is, is that persecution and tribulation will come to those that are following or have a desire to do the will of God for Jesus' sake. It's for his name's sake. It's not because of you. And we must get this. 
Because there's a bigger picture to all of this than, and, and I think this is probably where we really have gotten drawn into being off track, is that the, the enemy has shrunk the picture on us. He has shrunk the picture and made it uh, the, your picture about you, yours, and, and mine. You know, in there, he shrunk the picture where we couldn't see what this means to God. And that we begin to focus on is centered around what is happening in my life and what it means to me and mine. Why is this happening to me, oh Lord? Why do I have to go through this? All of these things is the trick and devices of the enemy. But the truth be told, we must go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, it says this. We have to know what we're laboring for, my friends. We've asked the question, what is the work? He's spoken to that very quickly as to what the work is. And he even laid to us and gave us the charge for the rest of our journey and the purpose of this journey is the greater works is that we continue the work that Christ has already come to do and have done in there. What Christ have began and laid the foundation and finished his part that he passed the baton for the church to continue this until he comes again. And so for the church, we are in the church age, and the question is, what are we laboring for? Do we understand truly what this is all about? And this is the picture that God really needs us to understand. Because I'm telling you, the cares of life and the things of how the enemy, the devices that he uses are so real that if you don't know this, when he sends them devices, you're going to get sucked in. And this is what didn't happen to many of us and most of us at some point or another, that the cares of life have been so real and so strong. And some of us then went through some serious stuff, my friends. But all of it was a sent to distract you from this, to get you sidetracked if it could be for a moment of time or for a year or six months or, or five years. He tried to distract you from the work. Because the work is what it's all about. This is what the life, what life here on earth is all about for every one of us. I'm talking about from God's perspective. Because at the end, remember where we started at work while it's still day? Why? Because the night is coming. Ain't no, this, this, this work only has a day shift, my friend. Ain't no night shift. Because when the night comes, the door is closed. Glory be to God. And ain't no man going to be able to work the night shift. Ain't no such thing. And see, th this is the bigger picture of what we're talking about. And the enemy is sending things to distract you because when the clock goes to, from day to night, it is a wrap in there. And the distraction is being sent that is setting many of us on 10-year runs where we all track for 10 years. And that whole 10 years, they... Uh, the, the, all of these souls that God wanted to use us and intended to use us to come to the kingdom is being fallen by the wayside because we off track. And that was the enemy's device because he already knew that what Jesus had made the proclamation that all that you've given me, Father, I have lost none. So all this in my hands, he ain't lost nothing out of his hands. But what the enemy knows, he, so the enemy knows I can't snatch it out of Jesus' hand, but boy, if I can keep it from going into his hands. See, because once it gets it in Jesus' hands, it ain't no coming back. But boy, if I can do, so I'm not going, I don't need to mess with the people that's on my side. I got to distract the people that's on Jesus' side because them are the only ones that he's using to bring those on my side to his side. So if I distract the worker and keep him off, laid off his job, keep him from showing up, keep him, uh, keep him calling in for sick days, calling in for, uh, what do you call it, POT time and all of this other time. I just got to keep him off the, work, the job site 
Because if they don't know, ain't on the job site, then all these that's over here, they ain't going nowhere. See, and we got to know, my friends. So even with all of this little stuff that's popping up in our lives, we got to know what it's coming from or where, where it's coming from and what it's coming for. It's not coming to make you mad or to, to cause, uh, you know, uh, to not like your sister and uh, this, that, or whatever. You know, it's not coming for that reason. It's something bigger than that. It's coming to keep you in, disengaged with the work. So instead of God being able to use you to, uh, to speak, to minister to your sister, then now he's, uh, the enemy is using you to cause division between you and your sister. So this is some serious stuff, my friends. And, it's, it, and the, it, again, it's very simple because if we know what the deal is, then we can stay on track and then let God handle all that he said he's going to handle. Because he says that if you keep, uh, if you be about my business, I'll take care of your business. If you keep your mind stayed on me, if you understand what you're laboring for, then watch me take care of all of this other stuff. So that which the enemy was rising up against you, no, don't just don't get off track. Stay on track and watch me handle that. So we got to know what we're laboring for today. So look at verse 58 of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, therefore, my brothers, or actually my beloved brethren, be steadfast. See, this is what he's calling us to. We got to be steadfast, unmovable. <clears throat> See, we never, we didn't read this many times before, but we ain't never seen this. We said, we, 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 we knew that it said be steadfast. We knew that it says be unmovable, but we never paid much attention to what it says next. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. See, we, that didn't stand out to us because we didn't know what the work is. But today, my friends, it changes. See, no, abounding in the work ain't uh, what we thought it was. Oh, let me go and usher at the church building. Yo, it ain't uh, let me uh, get on the deacon board and fight for jockey for position and all of this different stuff. No, this work, abounding in this work is let me be used by God that I can minister to my sister. That I can minister or let God, when I say minister, don't get uh, barred by minister. It just simply means that I can be a servant unto God for my sister. Because a minister, in ministering, all it is is service work. So don't get marked by the name, you know, because see, we, many of us will instantly attach that to some title or some position. No, this ministry means simply to serve and to be a servant. So that means that I'm willing to do and go where God wants me to go. So if he's telling me to go to the park and talk to that person that's been up and don't smell so good, they've been up for three days, that I would be willing and not only willing, I would be steadfast and unmovable, ready to do the work, my friend. When it's the, that one that came against me and that lied on me at the job and tried to get me fired. But God wants me to tell her he loves her and I do too. Oh, my goodness. This is the labor he's calling forth for us. And, you, and it cannot be done in the flesh. Our flesh ain't going to let us do this. It has to be the spirit of the living God. Look, it's, look what it says no, next. It says knowing. See, because when we do this, then we can know that our work or our labor is not in vain, my friend. It's not in vain. It's not in vain. It's not in vain. Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This is where the rubber meets the road for all of us. This is truly 
The race that we're actually running, my friend, whether you realize it or not. You're not running a race trying to be a good Christian. What is that? The word of God says that it's none good, no, not one. That God is good and he's the only one that's good. See, we've been running this race trying to be a good Christian so I can be gooder than you, whatever that means. And I'm measuring myself against you because I can be gooder and think that I'm all right because I stopped doing this and I stopped doing that, but all the other stuff that I did stop doing, we ain't going to talk about that. No, this race is about being used by God, even in your imperfections. Let God, he, just like he'll take care of everything that the enemy has attacked you with, he'll take care of all that, that you're being attacked by and even your reactions. He'll handle that. Because I'm telling you right now, if you have an anger problem or you get mad quickly, when you start doing the work, then guess what? God is going to deal with that because to be out there on the battlefield doing the work that he's calling, you're going to see him start taking that anger and he's going to start bringing it under subjection. See, he's going to do what you couldn't do because you've been trying all your life to bring it under subjection and ain't had no success. All it took was one more tricker. But what God is going to do is he's going to change it and he's going to turn it into a vessel of love, glory be to God. One that is fit for his use, glory be to God. See, we've been trying to do what only God can do in our lifetime. We've been trying to do what only God is able to do. And we haven't been doing what he's asking us to do. And there's so many dynamics and lies and tricks to the enemy. Oh, you can't uh, tell these people. Oh, God can't use you to, to tell these people of, of his goodness because they seen you drinking last night. That's a lie. They see you sober this morning, don't they? Doggone it. Then that right there tells you that God is good and he's able. Hallelujah. See, the trick of the enemy is want to do, uh, keep you see, again because it's all about him. It's to not to shut your mouth, to halt you in your tracks where you cannot be used for with the whole purpose of why we are here. And that is that somebody can see God. Some that light can so shine before men that somebody can see God. That's it. Jesus said in John chapter 17, and here's where we can begin to close it. In John 17, verse 4, this is a part of that same time. This is him actually, many of us know what this is because this is when he began to pray in the garden. In that prayer that he had in the garden that some of the uh, Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke mentions, and they only mention the prayer and they mention one of them, I think, mentions how he prayed so intensely that it was as drops of blood. But John, the, John, the gospel of John, the writer there, God used him to give more detail, some actual detail as to what that prayer was. In John 17, verse 4, a part of that prayer, Jesus is praying to his father. And he's praying as he started that prayer because the, the prayer is, is the whole book of John 17. But he started that prayer off. And I just want to read verse 4 because he ultimately he says to God this. Again, because he understood what he had came here for. And what God has sent him here for. And the work that God needed him to do. He says, I have glorified you on the earth, O God. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. He says, I have finished the work you have given me to do. He's finished his work. See, again, remember what we're talking about, because this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He already told them that if you believe in me, the works that I do, you're going to do greater. He says, I finished the work, the work that God gave me to do. Now it's your time. Now it's our time, my friends, to continue that work, 
to continue the work. Because see, the work that he had done that God gave him to do, we know the story already. I don't have to go through it. But that God uh, was uh, pleased with him, and we know that God was pleased with the work that he did because the resurrection is the proof of that. That God raised him from the dead, and the Bible says, to the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. That God was satisfied with the finished work that has been that has been put in place that has wiped away every one of our transgressions my friends that has set us free from sin and the condemnation of the glory be to God that has set us in the right standings with God and has set us in a place that we can be used by God for the work of the kingdom glory be to God hallelujah 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 and so we know we have the victory. The final victory has already been set in place, my friends. It's all about us just running the race, glory be to God, and, God, and finishing the course, hallelujah. So Paul wrote it to the Corinthian church like this. He says, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall all sleep, but we shall, we, shall all, we shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Come on, somebody. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will rise incorruptible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must take on incorruption. This mortal must take on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruptible, this mortal has put on immortality, then shall we, then shall it be brought to pass the saying uh, that there was written, death, oh death, death was swallowed up. Hallelujah, in victory, glory be to God. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? For the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, hallelujah, who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God, who has given us the victory, my friends. Who has given us the victory. And while there is... We have the victory. God wants to use us that somebody can come to the same understanding. People are dying and leaving this place all around us. Every day. And not all of them know the Lord. And there's no reason for the cares of life or this flesh to get caught up. Because of you said something behind my back. And now I can't uh, let God use me to bring you to a place that is the final victory. Because see, the, the, remember we, what, what, what has been said here. We must work while it's still day. Because the night is coming. And the night has come for many people. People are leaving this place and their destination is final, my friend. There ain't no changing it. And this is the part that we got to come to the conclusion. We got to come to the understanding of so we can die to our flesh, my friends. And say, forget this. I know I can't get sidetracked with this. That I got to continue to allow God to just show, and I got to seek him. Who is it? Who is it? Because while it might not be your brother, your sister, your cousin, it's somebody's brother, sister, or cousin that's leaving this place. And more than anything, it's a soul that God desires. We can't be caught up no longer, my friends. We just got to, we can't be caught up no longer. Thanks be to God who's given us the victory. We have the victory. You are on the right side. And thank God for that. But there's so many souls that, is, that have not come to that understanding or they, they darken by the, the lie 
that of another way unto God. When, what is the work? We know that the work is to believe on him whom God has sent. God only sent one. There's only one redeemer. So it's so many. It's more that's outside of the church than it is inside the church. And when I say church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. There's more outside that want to believe all of the other stuff that want to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And, no, and man, no, there's by no other means. So the harvest is plentiful. Where are the laborers? Are we sitting in the church house? Or are we going to allow God to take us to the battlefield? Father, in the name of Jesus, you said it in your word. It was a plea. I believe that it was even from Christ to send out laborers into the harvest. Where are the laborers, Lord God? Are we sitting behind our titles and our positions? Or are we sitting behind even uh, our anger and our frustration? that will not allow us to go out and do the work. Well, that, that will not allow us to, uh, when I say go out, I ain't, it don't mean that you have to go outside your house because you got a phone. God wants to use you on that phone because some of us can't go out. So don't misunderstand what is being said. This is that God can simply use us, Lord, and we need you. Convict our hearts today, Lord God. Change us in our mindsets to know that no, if we are here with every ailment, with every disability, with every situation that we have, that we are, if, we, if you got us here, that we are still useful. That we are useful to your kingdom, oh God. In some way, shape, fashion, or form, Lord God. And it ain't for us to figure out, it's for us to yield to your spirit. And allow you to have your way with us, oh God. So I pray over every person in the sanctuary on this morning, Lord God, and everyone that had the opportunity to witness <clears throat> what you are speaking to our hearts, even through social media this morning, Lord God, <clears throat> that we do not deny what you are speaking, Lord God, but that we receive it with our whole hearts that it accomplishes just what you need and want it to accomplish in our lives, Lord God. There's so many people, Lord God, that are leaving this place and that do not know you. And Father, their destination out of this earthly realm is final. Lord God, and we know that you have a desire to, as you gave your only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we know that that desire is for all men. And so, Lord God, use us, change us, and use us, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And let all the saints of God say amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.